Welcome to the Open Door Policy. Each week on this podcast, we sit down with a different guest and talk about a letter. Archbishop Vigneron's Unleash the Gospel Pastoral Letter. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. All right. Be about it. Each guest we have on this show we think is living it out in a new and exciting way. Before we get started, if you like what you hear and you want to help us be part of this movement to unleash the gospel, be sure to subscribe and share our podcast with your family and friends. And while you're at it, leave us a review on iTunes. This time on Open Door Policy, we sit down with Andy Gardner, a father of five who is witnessing with and in and through his family and sharing his love of music and the gifts God has given him in his corner of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Hey, Andy. Hey, Father Steve. Hello. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Andrew. Big question on my mind. Yeah. Father Steve, you had any graces in your life recently? I have, yeah. God's been God's been really good to me. He's just putting on my heart a little bit more uh, a desire to spend time with Him in prayer. Like as my life, I'm probably like most of us, as we get busier and busier, like that is the first thing that I feel like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I should where I should take time from. And the Lord's just been really convicting my heart to say no protect that time. Whatever you give to me, I'll return 30, 50, and 100 fold. And uh, that's been really convicting, but also really uh, joyful. So that's a real grace in my life. Thanks be to God. Awesome. Andy, how are you doing today? Super duper. Super duper from the Uper. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. eh? Oh, wow. (laughs) Can you do this in accent? Are you ready for rapid fire questions? I am. Rock and roll. I'm going to start us off. What is your most used emoji? Oh, probably the poo one. I sorry, the, the, <laughs> chocolate, like the, choc- the chocolate ice cream one. Okay, what would be your walk-up music? Uh, probably something by the Beastie Boys. What is your favorite piece of religious art? There's a half-finished Michelangelo statue in a museum behind the uh, Duomo in Florence. The Deposition, an unfinished sculpture by Michelangelo is in the Dumo in Florence and therefore known as the Florentine Pieta. Andy, what do you think is overrated? The internet. Ah, mm. what literary character would you want to be friends with? Frodo. Release him or I'll cut your throat. Good, what's your favorite <laughs> hymn? Uh, Any churchy song? City of God. Nice. <laughs> what, is, what season would you be? Fall. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Be excellent to each other by Bill and Ted. (laughs) No way. What is your favorite Bible story? Probably uh, John chapter 6, the uh, uh, bread of life. uh, The discourse. Yeah. 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 And what non-traditional pet would you have? Maybe a cricket. I don't know, something that might die soon. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Something that might die soon. Dude, I love that, Did you see that Twitter thread about that guy who ordered, like, crickets off of Amazon to feed his pet, but then he thought they would come in, like, a bag in the box, but they didn't? It was just crickets in a box. (laughs) They opened the box and the crickets went everywhere? That could be you. Okay, bad choice. (laughs) Bad choice. (laughs) Surprise. It was rapid fire question. I was on the spot. No, that's great. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Andy, what do you... uh, uh, what do you love about John chapter six? So to me, just that it's so blunt, you know, as I, um, whenever I read that, I'm like, how is there any debate that Jesus was not saying, Hey, th- I'm here, you know, like this is me. You need to come to communion. You need to 
uh, you know, receive me and be part of me. Like just this just bread that, and wine is not ordinary bread. Yeah, and wine. we need this to eat it, to it, not like yeah, and and, and even to the point of. Uh, you know, him doubling down on that. And, and, you know, people are like, you're nuts. And they're starting to walk away. And he's like, how about you guys? You know, it was just the most, you know, there's a lot of things where he could have said something like, right, right. You know, listen, you just, yeah, yeah you just misunderstood, you know? but it is, he just keeps doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's just, uh, you know, words to live by, you know, for us to just draw us closer to the Eucharist. Um, yeah. Right there. So I feel like the real um, teaser for this one is this half-finished statue. Tell me more. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I uh, went to Rome and uh, Florence for our honeymoon. So yeah, in this museum right behind the Duomo, we just happened to be wandering through, and there's this huge statue. There's like a lot of speculation, but it's Nicodemus and Mary um, taking Jesus off the cross or into the tomb. Um, but it's half finished, and, and the the rumor is that at some point he he was working on this later in life and got mad at it. There was some like seam through the marble mm. and like started destroying the thing, and, like knocked an arm off of Jesus, and wow. and so somebody had taken this and started kind of finishing it um, after his death, but it's still half finished. You can still see these chisel marks in it. And, you know, for me, like as a, as a musician and an artist, you know, like there's something about that, that, you know, like that half finished, you know, but it's such a beautiful thing as well. Um, you know, just kind of motivating too, for like, you know, finishing everything. There's as many things as Michelangelo did. Here's this example of something that he got mad about and tried destroying, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Um, but it's, but it's half done and you get to really see like, you know, and I'm not a, you know, artistic portraitish type guy, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. to see all these chisel marks in this thing and to, to think how monumental a task that was to then just be like, no, I'm done and yeah. walk away from it. It just still astounds me. Sculpture so, is such a just fascinating me. art form. I also love how in Rome, it's just kind of like, oh, and by the way, here's this yeah. incredible piece of art that's just like tucked right here. Yes. And you're like, what? What? Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the internet's overrated. Does that mean you're off the grid? No, not at all, but I'm very reluctant uh, user <laughs> of it as far as, uh, you know, in any sort of social media. I, I do, but, uh, um, but man, there's just, just as much bad news and bad information out there as there is good news. And uh, it, it worries me some days for, well, you know, for, for society and my kids and that type of stuff, just it, the misinformation that abounds as well. So. Well, that and as disciples, it can just be this, like, it can suck all of your time or all of sure. what you care about, or it can paralyze you too. Cause there's just like never ending criticism out there too. For sure. And it can be very, very paralyzing. Yep. Speaking of your favorite literary character, who you'd want to be a friend with yeah. Frodo, right? Cause he was also faced with well, an interesting, interesting from? times. Oh, Lord of the Rings, you know, <laughs> just that thing. Wow. So. Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. So I don't know. It just popped in my mind. That was a big book when I was uh, growing up. My uncle's was, was big pushing that uh, that series. So, Have you yeah, seen the fan. movies? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are the movies faithful to the book in your mind? Mildly, my uncle would say absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> so, but they're better than the Hobbit movies. Y- yes, probably. Yes, <laughs> I would have bar. to go there. I would have to go there. Nice. Now, is the City of God your favorite hymn? When did you first hear so, it? I used to like playing that. So that's yeah. uh, pl- playing guitar uh, at, at college at uh, St. Al's up at Michigan Tech. And that's where I met my, my wife. shout out. Yeah, shout oh, out to St. Al's. But yeah, I just, for whatever reason, playing that song on guitar, um, it was just a song that I could actually play really well. Yeah. Um, mm. the, the words just always stuck in my head. Awesome. Thanks for answering our rapid fire questions.
All right, Andy, we want to just hear a little bit about what God has done in your life or, you know, a little bit of your testimony about uh, how God's worked um, to make you his disciple. How you fell in love. With your wife. Yeah, there you go. Wow, yeah. intro wasn't good enough <laughs> for me. Thanks, we, we can start well, there. I was, like, I was ready for the love story, and then you're like, okay, talk about whatever. I'm like, no, let's go for it. So, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I met my wife at uh, St. Al's up at Michigan Tech. We were both going to school there. Father uh, Larry introduced us. He, Father he, Larry Van Dam. Father Larry Van Dam. And he will still tell anyone he meets that he's the one who, uh, oh, who hooked us up. So he uh, uh, cajoled my wife into joining my uh, my musical group there that was covering some of the, the, the masses. And, uh, yeah, she, she started singing with us. And um, that, that was kind of the start of it. So I even, you know, did our marriage prep up there with Father Larry. And, and I remember clearly clearly there. There was one part where uh, he said, how many kids do you, you guys think you're going to have? You open to kids? And he said, well, you know, two, you know, it seemed like a good number. And me and Chris never forget it. Like he, he sat back and he goes, two seems lonely. And, and, wow. and, at, and at the time, we're just like, you are bananas, man. Like, there's no way. Like, t- two seems like a lot of kids to me at this point, right? Um, yeah. You know, so, f- you know, fast forward, you know, a few years now, we got a, a bunch of kids. And uh, so, yeah. Is there an exact was, number on the amount yeah, of kids you have? So, so we have five, five kids right now, <laughs> nice. uh, ages 12 to 2, and another one on the way, oh, uh, you know, in November here. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, we've been uh, much I, I believe much the term open. you used off air was a pile of Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. There are a lot of them. Uh, running around. We were a, a loud, um, gregarious family at times when we were by ourselves and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in, in amongst other uh, humans, largely extroverted, uh, except our daughter, Lucy, who um, really breaks that mold okay. <laughs> big time. So that's, that's a, uh, a shock to the system for the rest of us sometimes. But uh, but yeah, so so we got married and we actually went on our, our honeymoon to, to Rome. And um, Father Larry had actually uh, uh, mentioned it and we were able to get an audience on one of the Wednesday audiences with JP2. So this was December of 2004. So about four months or so before he passed away. And, um, it it was, you know, I mean, we were pretty deep in our faith at that, at that point. And, um, but, but there was something about being there, uh, you you know, just not expecting this at all. Like, you know, not, we had to wear our wedding clothes. She had to wear a wedding gown to Mm -hmm. this audience and we sat right up front and there's just people everywhere just screaming and shouting. And, and, and he, you know, he was declining in health and they, they, they kind of wheeled him in and the place went nuts, like rock star, absolute, you know, blowing the roof off the place. And I remember us sitting up front, just like really not knowing at all what's going on and being stunned, but you could just feel this absolute holiness. But I mean, he, he, you know, even he was having a hard time talking. I mean, people would have to stop once in a while and come over and wipe drool from his mouth even. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was getting that that poor in health, but he still addressed the uh, the, the crowd in seven languages. Dang. Um, I mean, it was still just one of the most mem- memorable things. And, and uh, yeah, we got to go up and uh, kneel in front of him, uh, get a blessing, you know, kiss his ring. Wow. Um, yeah, just, and just remember walking away, the, the both of us like, what happened? You know, yeah. it just didn't even... Mm-hmm. Didn't even seem real, but, um, but yeah, then, you know, a few months later, cause that was one of the last audiences that he did and, um, really powerful knowing that we had been able to actually meet, meet him and, you know, hold his hand and everything. It, it's, it's something that I think is really, whether we know it or not, maybe his intercession has just really, really guided our family, um, you know, throughout this last, uh, you know, 15 years or so here. So, wow. um, 
So yeah, and we actually we actually made it to made it back to his uh, canonization then t- oh, ten years later because wow. it was our ten year anniversary, and so we went That's back awesome. with uh, about eight hundred fifty thousand of our closest friends <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> just just crowded in there. So that was uh, um, another memorable. Did, did you have much of, of a so. devotion, or had you read anything by John Paul II kind of before? Absolutely that? nothing. Okay, nothing. I mean, and I think that's the way. Uh, I have a lot of stories like that where God just kind of drags me along by the nose and like, hey, you're going to remember this later. Right. But, but uh, you know, this is going to mean more a year from now than it does right now. Um, so, no, I mean, that was really my first. Um, I mean, he, he'd been the Pope my entire uh, my entire life. I was born in, in 78, I think a month before he became Pope. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my entire life he was the Pope, but just not a real yeah. strong connection there until I'm literally kneeling in front of him going, whoa, this, wow. <laughs> this is different. So, um Father Steve told yeah. me that you've made some pretty uh, radical decisions about family life. Can you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, m- many. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, primarily, uh, you know, I guess lately in the last year, year and a half, your work-life balance, that type of stuff, um, you know, as, as we've had the, uh, you know, through the years we've had been having these kids and just the... Um, the amount of attention that needs my job was always really demanding, uh, quite a bit of travel, mm-hmm. but a lot of pressure, you know, managing a large group of people. Um, and by rights, what a lot of people would think is like, you know, a great career, like the great, the, the best, everything. yes, advancement, yeah. advancement, advancement. And, yeah. uh, but there was just this part of me that for, for years was like, man, that's something's missing. You know, I'm, I'm just being pulled further and further away from my family. So, um, so yeah, about, about a year and a half ago, I, I just, uh, an opportunity came up to take a, um, different, different job, kind of at a corporate office. Um, and instead of, you know, a few hundred people, uh, you know, that I'm responsible for, it was like two and, <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a l- little bit less travel, um, a little more f- flexibility in some of that stuff. And, um, it's, it's been pretty amazing. It was, it was a gut wrenching decision, yeah. you know? Um, well, well, cause like the balance you're talking about, I think is like providing for your family, yeah. right? You send your kids to Catholic school. Yep. Uh, and that kind of, you know, taking care of your family financially, but also like your desire and what God put on your heart to be, uh, a father who, who can be around and who can spend time with his kids. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, it's something that we really wanted to be committed to, uh, you know, um, but, but yeah, there's those financial things and these kids are getting older. They eat us out of house and home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to balance that, that, uh, that whole taking, taking care of the family. But, uh, um, you know, and it's not even like, I still travel just as much, but there's like this stress thing that just yeah. kind of disappeared that when I'm, I'm home, I'm able to be more present with the kids, uh, and my family. It's just, yeah. it, it was totally worth it. Totally mm-hmm. worth it. And, and in hindsight, I, as big of a decision as it was, I kind of regret not doing it, you know, a few years sooner. Um, it, it, you know, now that I know, uh, it was fine. <laughs> Everything yeah. worked out. God just drug me along and, and, uh, it worked out for our family. So, yeah. What would you say is like the biggest takeaway that God was trying to teach you through all that? A, a lot of things. So because I was always kind of looking at that job as like, man, something's, this isn't really my thing. I'm, I'm doing it. And everyone says it's great. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm advancing and all that. But there was all these things along the way that were, really interesting experiences, learning moments, classes that I was able to take opportunities to stand up and speak in front of large crowds Mm -hmm. of people and present and really be a leader. And it's all stuff that I can see has, you know, I've been able to now leverage, um, you know, through evangelization initiatives and different things like that, that, 
freedom, like I will stand up in a room of a thousand people at the drop of a hat. I, I don't have any hesitation with it now, but that's the type of stuff that this job, you know, kind of walked me through and led mm-hmm. me to. But at some point, you know, I could tell God was like, okay, that's, that's enough. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've prepped you. Let's send you off and, uh, you know, try something different for a minute here. So, so Andy, I know you from, uh, being, uh, on an apostolate together called Awaken that was pra- praise and worship and preaching. And you were one of the, the band leaders. Right. And you had some opportunity in that to kind of witness to your faith. And I remember being very impressed by like your palpable love for the Lord. Like, so uh, you mentioned John chapter six, but it seems like the Eucharist is a huge part of your faith life. Yeah, for sure. Um, sometime in my youth, they, they were starting a 24 seven Eucharistic adoration chapel up there. And um, I remember my, for my grandpa, that was, you know, he was constantly going and just how big of a deal that was for right. him. And, and, um, you know, it wasn't until much, much later in life, uh, I think until we were, we were downstate here, that um, an opportunity came up to take a, you know, weekly uh, adoration hour at, at St. Joe's. And um, man, I'll, I'll never, I'll never give that up now. It, it's something where I, I remember the first few months, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going, what, you know. What, and, what's your time slot? Uh, right now it's 5 a.m. on Mondays. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So um, Get that week started off, man. Absolutely. It, it's been perfect. I mean, like even if I'm traveling for work or what, whatever I got going on, I can almost always still get in there, start my week off like that. And then, uh, and then, yeah, you know, get and at it. But uh, give the Lord the first fruits of the week, yeah, and entrust the rest to for him. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember in adoration, they're thinking like, Lord, are you really here? You know, and and um, yeah, after after a little while, you know, starting to realize, you know, by by going back and going back and asking that question over and over and over, yeah, um, really getting some resounding, yeah, 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 I'm here, and um, and 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 yeah, stuff like that at, at awaken, you know, something that was. Uh, uh, largely it's centered around, you know, Eucharistic adoration and the procession and that, you know, this 10 minutes of silence in the middle of it. Right. Um, you know, just to be a, a part of something where you can see, you know, cause I was always in, in the band, right. So either up front or on the side or whatever, so you're able to see people's faces and to see that look when they realize, Oh Lord, you are here. Yeah. Y- you know, it's that, and I know, cause I had that, that same mm-hmm. moment too, where you're like, wow, this, this is real. And, um, I'm constantly trying to drag my kids even to that 5 a.m. hour. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, for real. Even like this. So, so this week, uh, it was Sunday night, and we we're going to bed, and the kids were like, "Can we come with you? Can we come with you?" Oh my gosh! And it's so cute. We went to bed. It's like 8:30 something like that. But that that's late when you got to get up at four. It is. You know? And, and yeah. so I woke up at at four, and I'm like, I feel awful. There's no way I'm waking <laughs> those kids up because they're going to rip us apart the rest of the day. You know? Yeah. But they, I got home. They're like, "Did you try to wake us up?" But did oh you not like what, what what happened? Because <laughs> yeah. we didn't go, you know. That um, that's that's awesome, Andy. We're gonna yeah. talk about uh, witness of family in just a minute, but uh, thanks for sharing your testimony with yeah. us. So Andy, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how you're you're kind of looking at two things in um, witnessing in the witness of your families. And we're going to look at markers 7.3 specifically in this unleash the gospel letter. So yeah. how number one, everything you're doing right now is in some way forming your children. And then also like, what does that mean though, to be living it now? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big thing we're trying to, um, you know, honestly, you know, trying to raise our kids, right. And, um, whatever that means, right? There's no manual for, for parenthood that yeah. I've, I've found yet, but, um, especially in like the 21st century, oh, all man, the challenges. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just trying to, um, 
trying to build a foundation with them that uh, lets them know the, the, the backbone of our Catholic faith for, uh, for, for really what it is, you know, and I, I really try to, whenever I'm talking to them, my wife and I, you know, you know, the, the history of the Catholic church and, and the, the, some of the more uh, foundational elements of why it is, you know, we believe things, um, uh, the, the Eucharistic adoration, those types of things, sure. you know, just to understand that, like, you know, at some point you're going to grow up, you're going to leave the house and somebody's going to be like, I don't believe that that's really Jesus there in the Eucharist. And, and if that's going to be a normal discussion to have with people, but yeah. um, to really be exposed to that over and over and again, to be able to, to kind of form their own experiences with it um, so that it's less just, oh, yeah, that's something my parents taught me, but, you know, something they've seen, they've, they've been able to be around it, they've been able to, to really internalize it a little bit better, you know. Um, so, yeah, and they're all very logical kids. Right? You, know, I've, you know, my engineering degree, my wife and I went, both went wow. to Michigan Tech, right? So, I mean, so for the kids, we're always trying to lay out the argument. There's always questions. It's one question after another, after another, and after another. And if we don't get to the bedrock of that, they are not with us, you know? <laughs> They've got mm-hmm. to know everything about everything. So, so yeah, we're always trying to, uh, to do that because, I mean, you can already see, I mean, our oldest is 12, and they're already getting into situations where, they're sharing things, you know, they're, they're yeah. evangelizing to friends and, and just very nonchalantly, like, well, why would I not, you know, why would I not tell my new friend that, uh, you know, mass is on Sunday and we're going and no, it's not bad luck if we miss mass, and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we would go to confession if we had to, you know, and, and right. it, like, he's able to eloquently just say all these, th- he was having a discussion with this kid the other day and my wife overheard it and she said, Hey buddy, thanks. You know, it's awesome. You were able to share that with him. He's like, what, what do you mean? Hmm. Why, why would I not? So, you know, it's, it was great. And we were like high five it as parents, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So one of the lines in this section is the witness of a joyful family life rooted in the gospel can be a spiritual oasis for people Dude, I underline that too. in contemporary society. Right. So like the role, you know, you talked a little bit about your job as a dad and your wife, you know, as, as the leaders of your family, helping your children and, and trying to live this out in, with integrity, right. To yeah. say, this is how we operate because this is what disciples do. Um, but the way that becomes a witness outward too, that it becomes this oasis, the spiritual oasis to, um, to our society that is just filled with the need for radical witnesses. Do you see that in, in your life or, or maybe even like in times in other families as well? Like, hey, there's something really beautiful there that we're trying to do or is calling us to greater holiness. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, just, just, you know, when we get out with the, the, the five of us, um, you know, it, it's a scene sometimes, you know, right. and, and, and yeah. uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty bold about like, you know, I know people, oh, ever since we had kids, we don't go out to eat anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and we, we will pile into a restaurant and be like table for seven, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> right. and, and, um, you know, pray before meals, stuff like that. You can tell like just, uh, s- Sunday we went out and, uh, s- some guy before we even started eating comes up and he's like, your kids are so well behaved. This is great. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You know? And, mm-hmm. um, and once in a while, the, uh, we've gotten free lunch out of the deal. You know? uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, so like just unanticipated benefit, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I always picture somebody just like, Hey, I want to cover that family's bill. And then seeing the bill and going, what? <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> How many eating, chicken you know? nuggets? Yeah. Kids? Wow. Yeah. So for real, but, but yeah. Um, but yeah, even, even stuff like at, at mass, you know, um, we're more of a, 
pile up into the front row. I mean, yeah. second, third row, we are up in there. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And I remember, uh, so Archbishop Vigneron was on, on the, the podcast. I yeah, remember listening to that. He was, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was saying that, you know, when he was young, younger, they almost leave some of the younger kids at yeah, home or I know. something like that. Yeah, that it, it, it's a very kind of different approach, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, we just get right in there. And, and for, for two reasons. One, so... Um, to, to this whole topic of part of it is I, I want our kids to be able to see this and understand this. And the other is to be a witness, right? And to you know have other people see that, hey, that, that family is right up there and they're, they're, they're try, trying their best well, to pay well, attention well, that, and, that, and be that example. You and know? that's a huge part of witness is like witnessing even with like, you know, things don't always go the way we want it to go, yeah. right. right? Oh, yeah. So you can easily go down in a blaze of glory by being in the third <laughs> row, right? So it's, right. It, it is all or nothing. Like some some kid throws a fit. You, you know, it's a long if, walk. If it goes the, well, it goes well. Otherwise, it's a big back. walk of shame to the back. You so. know what, though? Like tying into this, I might have brought this up on another episode, but um, at, at the, the parish where I, I'm helping is there is... Uh, we, we have the couples who are going to be married. They have to pick a mentor couple, someone that they know who have been married for longer than five years and are practicing Catholics. The amount of couples who are like, I don't know anyone. Is there anyone that you could recommend? Hmm. You're called to marriage and you don't know anyone yeah. who has been married for longer than five years. That's like, interesting. Oh, and is practicing Catholics, right? So there's that witness as well of like, even if someone like net never pays for your lunch, right? They just, yeah. like, they sit the 16th row in the back, but there's still that as well. Like, this can be done. I've seen it done. Even if it's 10 years down the road, like, no, no, there were people, I've seen them before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that one family. Yeah, uh, D- Danielle, your family grew up strongly Catholic. I know you have three, you have four siblings. I do, so I'm one of five. You're yeah. one of five, yeah. and they're all, like... Faith was an important part of your life growing up. How did you guys, how did the center family witness? So I was thinking about this today because, like, you know, I've, I love parties. And I was like, why what? do I love what? parties so much? <laughs> and I was thinking that, so at my mom and dad's marriage prep, they were, the priest was just giving them, like, life tips. And you were at their marriage prep? No, I prep? wasn't. No, I know this story. Oh, oh, I know okay. this story. As um, he said, it's important for... Um, your family to have dinner together every night. This is what, and this is like pre-kids, pre-family. So my parents, one of the first purchases they made furniture for their new house is this very, very, very nice table that has oh. like these very easy pull-out leaves. Like the entirety of my, so there's seven people in my immediate family, but my family's home, like someone once described it, they're like, when understanding the center family's home, it's important to not think of it like a house and rather think of it as a hostel because you never know who's going to be there. And that's just kind of how we lived our life. Like whoever extra came, like pull out the extra leaves, we'll be fine. So I think that um, my mom has the gift of hospitality. So like yeah. that of like catching people and like bringing them in, that was like a huge part. And it was just like a natural thing like you're talking about. Like, yeah. oh, hey, like we didn't even ask to bring people home. We just did. Wow. <laughs> what about Polis fam? Yeah, we had, um, I'm one of 10, so there were 12 of us when we were all gathered. And even now, like, I think of, uh, like, I can think now how we get together and how, like, crazy rowdy we are um, right. loud and in public. And as the priest, I get to lead, like, Grace. So we were out for Father's Day, and I was uh, 
you know, there are, I don't know, 20 some of us and we had like a quarter of the restaurant and uh, the the salad started to come and we're like, hey, let's let's do great. It's like, all right, everyone, in the name of the father. And I'm like, and it was <laughs> like, it's just become normal. Yeah. And I love that my nieces and nephews get to see that that's normal. And I love that, like, we, we all do that together. And that's just a little witness, like. You know, even if you're not Christian, it's about 15 seconds of right. this group over there praying. But as you were saying, it's it's an opportunity for people to see um, faith being lived out and the witness of our, like, extended growing family when we get together, how we try to make, you know, a part of what we do is praying together. There, There's also a bit, it talks in the letter about radical generosity and inviting people to share in family life. Do you... Um, are there ways that you have seen like evangelization and witness in that experience as well? Yeah. So, I mean, for us, like it, it it's, um, you know, I think God something put really, uh, put something really on our hearts as far as a, a desire for evangelization, you know, like one, one wow. of the, the, the gifts of the spirit, but it's so weird because we're introverts. Um, <laughs> it, it, and it's like, oh no, not that, but like feel so, really so strongly. So you and your wife are both introverts yeah and four out of the five of your kids yeah are introverts yeah. right how old is the not introvert six nice yeah. okay she hugs everybody <laughs> i mean it's we go to swim lessons like you can only hug the coach once per lesson please stop hugging the coach we'll get nothing done here. yeah so um but yeah we really feel called to try and evangelize as well um so yeah for, for us it's, it's it's almost the opposite of what you you described as far as inviting mm-hmm. people into your home and this and that like that's something that we we have to really put some thought into that you know sure. and 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 um, and really really push ourselves outside that comfort but, zone but, to do that. But you do it in a different way, so we do. Right? right? Yeah. So we we try to find other ways. So like uh, we, I, I have a little recording studio in our basement that we kind of offer up as a free ministry to other musicians that are you know writing Christian Catholic music and uh, inviting them in and 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 hey you know come over and have dinner with us you know I mean it might be pizza but you know come on come on <laughs> right. in and yeah and uh, so yeah we've done that with quite a few different people now uh, to come through just trying to find some ways that. Uh, um, that, yeah, it's, it's a natural fit for us, right? You know, something that, that we already normally do, we do naturally and we want to have, you know, have as some sort of a, you know, ministry outreach or whatever, um, you, you know, and, and try and get people into our house and into that, uh, in, into that family, you know? Yeah. So. I think that's really cool as an extrovert, like a lot of evangelization is like meeting people, meeting new people and, you know, getting to know them through that. But you're, you do music, and so a lot of your evangelization is through, like, these gifts God has given you that you spend time, yeah. you hone, you craft, and then you share with the world. But tell us a little bit about your music. I've always been playing music and writing music, and just, just in the last... Uh um, in the last few, few, five or six years, we've been trying to do more with the kids yeah. as far as, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe some of them aren't expressly Christian. There's one that has a prayer that my son wrote in it, but, uh, it's family life, you know, um, summertime, there's a song called summertime. And it's about the kids not wanting to go outside, you know, <laughs> and just staying, staying inside, you know? And, um, but, but in the last year I've been trying to, um, really write some, you know, some of the songs that I've been writing, just finish them and put them out there. Um, really take that mm-hmm. leap of faith and say, you know what? Lord, if I'm, I'm only writing these songs so that once in a while somebody happens to stop by our house, to which we've already discussed, a lot of people don't stop by our house. <laughs> right. This is really not, I'm not using your gift, you know, I, I, I need to be doing something with it. And whether they're good or bad or whatever, you know, just put, put them out there. So, yeah, so I've been trying to do that more and put out a, you know, a song a month and, and really share in that regard, uh, you know, just stuff that's either about the saints or, you know, my, my you know, faith journey or, or this or that. But, 
um, just share it, put them out on YouTube and, and try and get out there in a way that, uh, you know, get, gets me out of the house electronically, I guess, you know, where, and what's the name of it or where can uh, people so yeah, find it? A- a- music.com, uh, just takes you to a, you know, our YouTube site, funkyfamilyband.com. Funky uh, family band. Yeah. Uh, Chris came up with that, that, that name and it's, it's stuck. And, uh, uh, the studio, studio Tristavere.com, uh, the, after the Tristavere neighborhood in, uh, Rome yeah. or St. Cecilia. Oh yeah. Uh, her churches and oh, she's, dang. you know, had a home there at, that is now rumored to be where the church is. So. Have you noticed that your faith, um, like, like the, the, the church would say the church exists for mission, right? So yeah. like, we're not like, we are fed by going out as well. Like this, right. this energizes us. Have you noticed a change in your faith from that that kind of like shift in in how you do yeah um ministry yeah so i mean i i've i just over, over the last few years um really have been more willing to just talk about my faith you know mm-hmm. I, honestly I'd, i would almost rather at sometimes talk about my faith in the weather mm-hmm. you know like yeah. I, I just uh, you know cocktail party chit chat you know um well that's a great way as an introvert to talk about something serious or to be left alone yeah yes, right? absolutely <laughs> i'm really boring or we're gonna talk about religion one or the other let's talk about jesus so, and yeah. they either leave you alone or you get to talk about yeah. what you love so yeah i mean I'll, I'll be on an airplane and i'll, I'll try to you know say a rosary Will you very really? visibly yeah stuff wow. like that or read some I'm blatantly so in the Catholic book. Oh, okay. Um, and 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 I, one of the funnest things is when somebody says, you know, how's your relationship with the Lord? You know, and, and, and like leads in with that. I'm like, well, great. Let's talk about it. You know, and let's talk yeah. about John six. I, I, honest <laughs> to God, I started. I start. There was one uh, one flight that I, I got into a discussion with a guy and was talking about the. I, I just got right into talking about the Eucharist. Wait, I'm this like, guy was Catholic or this guy no, was not? No, he Catholic? was not Catholic. And and the second I told him I was Catholic, I mean, he was like. Oh, let me grab my Bible and explain to you why. Oh, you know, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. And, oh, so and, he he was ready to. Yeah, he was ready to throw debate. Down. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was it was it was cool and it was. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, well, it was a little weird, I guess. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, for everyone you, else on the plane. <laughs> you know, I mean, asking questions like, "Well, how do you know that Jesus is there in the Eucharist?" I'm like, "Because I know, I've experienced it." And yeah. And I said, "Okay, well, just how about this? Just read John chapter six, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and just talk through that a little bit." And and this this guy was stunned, you know, and. Um, literally he, he got off the plane faster than anybody I've ever <laughs> seen him. I mean, yeah. right to the door. Um, we, I, mean, I, we I should still do hope a, it didn't freak him out, but it was, we should do a whole episode of like airplane evangelization oh, stories. Oh my God. I've had some great, some great, uh, you know, and just other people that, uh, you know, I remember one lady who was just really seemed like she was really longing for, you know, that, that, that childhood Catholic faith that she'd fallen away from and yeah. just had some great discussions and. Um, have you yeah, been I am fun blown stuff, away so. by this. I just fall asleep. Andy, as we wrap up, we usually ask our guests if they have any kind of final word of encouragement or, or something they want to share with our listeners, a prayer, anything you want to share? We're all called to, to be evangelizers and, and, and to go out there and be on the offensive, right? Not, not playing defense anymore. And yeah. um, just encourage people that maybe if that's not your thing, I mean, evangelization doesn't have to mean like, you know, standing on the corner with a giant sign, you know, yelling and waving your hands, you know, like fi- find some way. There's some way that mm-hmm. God gave every one of us a gift uh, to do something, you know, and, and we were given that for a reason, I, I, I believe. And, and there's some person we're supposed to, to, to reach out to and just want to encourage people to, uh, you know, really pray about that and, and let the Holy Spirit guide you a little bit more. So thanks so much. It was great to have Andy Gardner in the ODP studio to hear about how John Paul II touched his life, how he is trying to be the husband and father and the witness to the world God desires him to be. 
and his love for Unleash the Gospel. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. But they're dangerous. I like things that are a little dangerous. (laughs) I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy.